0: soundbites radio is your source for candid discussion aimed to create a world that's inclusive spiritually connected living in love peace joy harmony and abundance now
1: content ranges from social justice to racial equity religion arts culture and more Yes, you are That's now set. tuned in to Sound Bites Radio, Radio on WVMR. This is Flesh. RFN Station, RFN Playboy. Station. All right, Come Marie, on. I see you over there. Okay, okay. This is... Sound bites with Queen Nefra and your boy. Yes, yes, and your boy Haseer on the Kyle mic, aka hey, hey, P. We doing got DJ Zillow Ray in the building. Always so oh, so so the tunes Thank of the round you, out so. the Ooh. show. So you know you're gonna be hearing that and grooving, you know, at the end of the show. Yeah. Starting a little late, you know, the, it's it's snow okay. time right. up in New York it's City. Snow time. Everywhere. Be
0: doing that thing. Hey, Greg, see you over there.
1: You know, it's crazy. It's like snowing all over the it's place. It's going bananas. Like, Louisiana. We got like a couple Texas, good things out for you.
0: It's going crazy. I don't know what we're doing with our to our mother Earth. Hi. Okay. Hi, Annie. Respect, How respect. are you, my sacred sisters? Respect. What's up, everybody? Coming on the, on in. The
1: check, you know, shout out to everybody on the live feed, a Facebook check in. Crispin, Marie, everybody. Checking see and yes. Annie Marie We have yes. some
0: announcements for you guys. Yes, so yes We're going to be talking about a little bit about Veronica's Way. We're going to talk a little bit about the um, fairy godmother yes, yes. later on in the show. And yeah, we're yeah. going to do a little bit of a. Uh, we go oh we go well we're gonna, yeah, right. we gonna start start on with, on with some, some good, good news, news. Yeah. okay
1: we want start with good news and good news and we can give you a little bit of the, of the, the stuff of in the stuff. between <laughs> right, <laughs> right, a little right. slam with the work All right, so yeah so, yeah so we want to give a shout out to shout mr out. Crispin Michael Booker
0: boom boom boom
1: Veronica's Yay! way. Veronica's, Veronica's Way, definitely way. doing great things. A shout-out to him, and, and, and it's a powerful organization to dedicate the contribution to people um, the world over. Veronica's Way has a special feeding coming up for this holiday season called Winter is Coming. It's a candlelight dinner um, dedicated to, to those in need. Um, right now, um, there is an Amazon wish list. Yes. Uh, and right now they're looking for, don't, uh, to, uh, for uh, donations of comforters, toys, hats, gloves, yes. scarves for Oops. men, Sorry women, and children. Yes. Um, and every everything on the, on the Amazon wish list is under $25. Uh, so you get to go on that list and be a support of those in need this season. Um, You know, o- always be in contribution. And those who
0: may not necessarily have a fortunate situation, such as yourself right now, right. because, you know, less fortunate and, you know, those types of terminologies are different because what really separates people are situations circumstances. Yes, so yes. someone may nec- may have be having a circumstance or a situation at the current which may not necessarily be the value of their person. Yeah, they just yeah. may be going through a little hiccup and a little trip right now at the p- at the moment. So we can all be in support of those people, um, and those families yeah. through Veronica's Way is one of the our outlets that we can support.
1: Yeah, you never know. Everybody has a circumstances at an ebb and flow of life. So let's be in support. Mm-hmm. So if you if That's you want right. more information on how you can be a part, how you can donate to Veronica's Way in the winter is coming, yes this is Second, this is December. Get that for you. Go to veronicasway.org for more information. Um, this holiday season, and um, yeah, December thirtieth, December thirtieth is a candlelight dinner in support of those, uh, and, and, and being in support of others. Uh, so December thirtieth, uh, winter's coming. Go to veronicasway.org for more information on how you can support. Right, right. We got we got some some other information too, right?
0: What was that? Yeah, we got um, Godmother's Foundation. Yeah. So we have Marie's Godmother's Foundation, and she had fairy a Godmother. fairy godmother's foundation. I beg your pardon. And her particular uh, motivation around that was supporting women who were going through challenges. Um, I'm, I'm I'm pass the mic to you. Okay. It's supporting women in challenges during their transition of looking for work. And some of them didn't have the proper attire. They didn't have the professional support and coaching around helping them reestablish themselves and um, centralize their efforts to uh, changing their situation. So she has the Fairy Godmother's Rescue Foundation, and she has a fundraiser currently uh Yes, ongoing. yes.
1: Yes, as of right now, the Fairy Godmother Rescue Organization has a fundraiser going on in support of these women. As of right now, we're asking, they're asking for a donation of $20, $20. Um, in support. Uh, with that, you know these, these women get to be gifted. Ten lucky women living in shelters throughout New York City get yes. to be gifted with hair, makeup, and dinner um, as a result Gosh, of this, this powerful organization. So um, check that out. Fairy Godmother Organization mm-hmm. uh, Rescue, Rescue Found- Foundation. Um, and that is the Fairy Godmother Rescue Organization Holiday Fundraiser on GoFundMe. Ah, uh, we'll be leaving links on the Soundbites International page mm-hmm. um, on, on how you can be in support and fund that mission as of right now. Shout out to everybody, you know, doing anything to contribute to the world over, yeah. contribute to causes bigger than ourselves. So, um, you know, everybody gets to be supportive. Well, let's just clap it up for that. Clap it up Let's give it up. Give it
0: up. Give it up. Fairy Godmother's Rescue Foundation yeah, oh, um, and Veronica's Way are our highlights for the week. Yes. Yes. Uh, people being the different, that's different. Hashtag being the difference.
1: Be the difference that's different, yo. Mm-hmm. You know that's the real deal. So so that's it, the real deal. Yeah. So, so now we're going to get into you know what's what's the, what's the meat going on this week? We got, we got a, few <laughs> a couple things. Week. Yes. What, what was that thing? Oh, the yeah. what's the name? The uh, Sharon Reed, the whole uh, newscaster yeah, thing. Yeah. The, news- the, the journalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That joint was interesting. So, um, for anybody who didn't know this week, we spoke a few weeks ago about um, the other journalists, the, tra- the uh, traffic reporter yeah. that dealt uh, with, uh, what's her name? Rachel or whatever her name was. That was, you know, just- So insignificant. So like insignificant, like, right. That was, you know, being, um, basically showing showing her ass as far as like, oh, you <laughs> know, having an <laughs> issue with a courageous black woman on screen and throwing out the whole damn news station because of it. So that's right. weird. So then we got another instance of that. Um, with uh, journalist uh, Sharon Sharon Reed, who was on ABC, uh, one of the ABC stations. And basically this woman emails her, uh, emails the show. We're going to play they, the clip? We they, can they play re- the clip. We're we going to play the clip. Yeah, we can, we play, we the can play the clip. We're going
0: to um, play the clip, guys. Yes. It's a short clip.
1: Yeah, so like she basically, so someone emailed um, about uh, – you know, they they have to read the emails online. They read the emails on the right. show of people, you know, people that come in and listen to the show or whatnot, or watch the show. And basically, someone was, you know, basically telling her that, you know, she was. What? Where's the clip? I'm I'm, trying, I'm bringing it up and while I'm talking about it. So, <laughs> so basically, you know, someone was coming, emailing that, um, she's racist, because of topics that she she's thought. Or assume sherry was saying white people can't talk about, it, but black people can, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, so we're gonna look for this clip to play for y'all on the core for that. So, but yeah, it's 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 definitely a testament to what's going on right now um, with how we're dealing with race relations in America. You know, given that you know you can even find your way to 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 make a racist situation right. out of you know trying to discuss certain conversations that and you know deal with everybody. You know what I mean? It it, it deals with everyone.
0: It's our world. So as our world, we all get to address what's not working, what is working, based on the landscape that we're, you know, working with right now. So what we're going to do is we're going to play the clip for you guys and um, give you guys an opportunity to, like, (laughs) get the whole full, full experience around how she actually came to, you know, deal with this experience as a woman of color, Um. And then being a woman of color and being challenged about a race conversation and it being a separate conversation. Which is our entire foundation around people being responsible for creating a world that is different for everyone. So that requires all hands on deck. All hands on deck. All hands on deck. You passed it. I did. Okay. Yeah, so um, Give us a second, we have a little technical circumstance right now, (laughs) finding the clip. All right. And you guys are gonna hear the clip. The clip is two minutes two minutes long, so check out the clip and we'll come back to you right now.
2: Kathy Ray emailed me. We're going to put that. Hold it because I think there's some confusion behind the scenes. A woman by the name of Kathy Ray uh, emailed me. We're going to put that email on the screen and and then I'll comment after it. But I think it's fair for people to see what she wrote and uh, get my response. I'll leave it at that. You need to be fired for the race-baiting comment you made tonight. It's okay for blacks to discuss certain subjects, but not whites. And then it goes on. Let's pull up the rest of it. Okay, so, really? You are what I call a... Now, she she tried to write the N-word, uh, but mm-hmm. she spelled it. Uh, I wish we would just put it on the screen. It's after 9 o'clock, and I think we we'll have the right to see it. You um, are N-I-G-E-R. Um, not a black person. You are a racist, N-I... G.E.R. you are what's wrong with the world. And so I would say to Kathy, a couple of things. Um, number one, you mischaracterized uh, what I said. I didn't say that white people couldn't talk about race, but contrary, um, we think that race is an authentic uh, discussion to have. It's one we're having tonight, because it's one many of you are talking about at home. And it's one that has clearly entered the Atlanta mayor's race. And that's why behind the scenes, my colleagues and I, white and black, Um, We decided, hey, let's go for it, right? Because we do try to keep it real here, and I think we do a very good job of it. Um, So I think when arguing with somebody, you have to be careful not to mischaracterize their viewpoint. So I won't mischaracterize your view either, Kathy Ray. I get it. On December 5th, 2017, you think it's okay to call this journalist a nigger. I don't. But I could clap back and say a few things to you, but instead, I'll let your words, Kathy Ray, speak for themselves, and that'll be the last word.
0: Okay, with all Shout that. Shout out to the that last the, word. <laughs> that was a lot. That was like work, sister girl. Clap that back for great. real. Okay.
1: That was very sometimes- classy and professional. Shout out to Sharon Reed for classy and professional clapbacks out in the streets. Uh-huh. You know, because sometimes it's needed when people a are too caught up me- in their own right. ignorance to understand how to be with people, how to understand and, and really relate to... Um, to race conversations. And I think it's important that we we, we step in these arenas constantly, um, white and black or whoever, to really understand how to break down these race conversations truthfully and authentically. Um, Because until we're willing to be with them, then they're just gonna keep going on and and, and, and being in a space where people are just not cognizant of how to be with each other in a human landscape. And we're gonna keep having these issues unless we have these conversations. And how to break down when something is racial, when something is um, injustice and bias and things of that nature that really affect us.
0: Right. Um, The conversation around, you know, white people feeling like they should not be a part of a race conversation, that doesn't really work, right? Because we as a unit of people, we all contribute to our space. We all, we all contribute to the landscape of what is our world. So it is all of our duties, and especially here at you know, Soundbites uh, Radio, we are committed to a world that is inclusive, spiritually connected, living in love, joy, harmony, and abundance. Sure. Now, so in, in an effort to create that space, every, things that are not supporting that end must be discussed and worked out. Right? right. And that is an effort to flesh out the ideas around some of the way that we think that don't serve us as a community, because some of the behaviors that we have don't really support a world that's inclusive and spiritually connected. Um, so we talk about we create parallels and we discuss these things and we, we, we take the opportunity to to be with our developing social climate in a way that is supportive of this end. So white people get to be white people, people who have, who have had a white cultural experience, right? Because here it sounds, by the clear that there is no such thing as race. There's a white cultural experience that we understand in our social strata as having been a white cultural experience. Again, not not all inclusive, because there is no, there are subsets and subsets and subsets of white culture. Just as a, just as well that there are sub, several subsets of. The quote unquote black cultural experience. But then again, there are some social norms that we know certain behaviors are, what do you call it, uh, statistically, you know, some people have to have certain behaviors that, or certain actions or certain things that happen in certain communities of color or white cultural experience, people who have had a white cultural experience that are specific to them. For instance, one we wanted to like shortly discuss um, the Centoia Brown case. Right. Um, and parallel it with the Brock Turner case. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's an upsetting, to me it was very upsetting because, you know, this also goes hand in hand with rape culture Mm -hmm. and our understanding of the value of women in our community, um, in our world's landscape, and our local community. So, Centoia Brown, who had been uh, sex trafficked,
1: for years, for years, as a as a young as a, as young, a young, young woman, not right. even a young adult, a young woman, a like child. she was a She's teen, a she was a teenager, because she, she went she went into she went to you know into jail when she was like what that was sixteen, right? What have you still serving as an adult, mind you, right? Um, you know she was a, a minor, went in jail at sixteen for defending herself in a situation, you know, being that she was you know being sex trafficked, right, and that becoming a norm, or you know, of her life, unfortunately. But in that moment of you know, uh, was it John Allen? I believe it was. Of her feeling her life threatened in this space, she said no more in that in that moment. And you know, she in her self-defense, she ended up killing the man that was you know, one of the latest people to purchase her, which sounds crazy. Incredible. Um, and they ended up serving life in prison. So she's currently serving out a life sentence in prison for her defending herself in a, in in a situation where she was constantly already a victim, um, constantly being victimized, and and, and you know, subject to these situations of you know. Misogyny and patriarchal rape culture, all these different things that have subject, subjected her to this as a young woman who didn't even get to see life um, as, you know, growing up as she should. You know, blessings that she got a degree, but she's still in the space of like, you know, her life has been taken away. Just for her trying to the save it. The quality of life. The quality of life has been taken away for they her try to try to save it, it. And in comparison, you have here Mr. Brock Turner, uh, the former University, Stanford University swimmer. He, he was charged with three counts of sexual assault and sentenced to six months of jail and only served three. Only served three of his six months in jail six for, for, for three raping an unconscious woman.
0: Let me be clear that the woman was not conscious, she was unconscious. Um, we don't know exactly how she became unconscious, maybe she drank, maybe she passed out, whatever the case may be, right. but he was not passed out when he committed mm. these actions was very clear um, and he was not a child either. He was actually a young adult right. when he committed this crime right. um and a young adult in Stanford University mm. on the swim team. okay, the quintessential what we understand is that what part of that white cultural experience, a situation of middle america uh progressively mobile white cultural experience, two working parents, somewhat affluent in their little community. Um, And the judge decided that being harsh in his sentence, they would give him the benefit of the doubt, um, giving him a pass saying that he didn't have, he was not culpable. Culpable meaning he wasn't aware of the, the gravity of his actions. Mind you, a sexually assaulted this woman by sticking beer bottles into her um, circumstance, right? Um, Unconscious and deciding that he was going to molest this woman with beer bottles. Crazy. And not, he was a young adult in a very good, very well-known, prominent university with two affluent, well-established white parents. Um, The judge took the liberty of ex of extending this young man courtesy of well I'm sure you probably were goofing off and you probably thought this was a good idea you probably were being simple as hell at this party um but I'm going to give you a pa- first of all 6 months was a light sentence But then to reduce it to three months and then the icing on the cake is the fact that he returns to court because once he was convicted, even of the lesser charge and given the three month sentence, he still has to register himself as a sex offender for the rest of his life. And he didn't appreciate that, nor did his parents. So now they're going to to court to have his decision overturned. (laughs) You know who's not in that conversation? The woman that was this assault took place. See, see the social uh it's okay for for rape culture the judge never it never occurred to this judge who this young woman was that he assaulted i don't know if she was a stanford university student herself right um she may have just been some chick that one of the guys dragged up and brought from the local community and brought her to this party who knows what the story is for this woman the victim but they haven't spoken about the victim
1: yet mm-hmm.
0: they haven't talked about the victim <laughs> like yet they're talking about Brock Turner's future. I'm concerned why Brock Turner's future is a conversation for the court system, right. because they did not afford Centoya Brown, who one was not in a position to make reasonable decisions, mm-hmm. um, suffering from something called PTSD, um, under trauma as an adult. If you're coerced into giving a statement under duress the courts can throw that can throw that statement out this young woman making decisions under grave duress um and her consciousness was such that she had actually broken at that particular moment and shot the 43 year old white male that had purchased her last not to mention all the individuals that had you know ran through her body right. and abused her spirit and her energy prior to that. Yep. FYI, when she committed this crime, she was not of the legal age. Mm-hmm. But when she was tried for this case, she had then turned the legal age.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And they did not give her the benefit of the possibility of quality of life as they gave Brock Turner who was a fully adult young male.
1: Fully adult young male. But yet and the judge felt like, oh, well, you know, he's just a young man. He has his life oh, ahead of him. Culpable. That he's not culpable. Jail would be too much for him.
0: He's not it's not culpable.
1: Jail would be too much for this young man. What?
2: Jail. What does that say about the young woman? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, they never, exactly. even, they never mentioned the that, young That's woman.
1: the thing. They still never mentioned yeah. the young woman, who essentially, if you want to put it in perspective, Santoya Brown was that young woman. Yeah. If you want to really put it into his perspective of this situation, and Toya Brown was that young woman, Brock Turner was that that rapist that was putting her life in danger. It's really, it's it's that, and that's the comparative nature of it to where you want to put it. This whole idea of rape culture and like how you know women are treated, in the voice that gets to be silenced, mm-hmm. sadly, in, the, in this in this type of you know this type of climate, you know, because you you got you got Brock Turner here is being treated, and, and this is essentially a grave look at you know what. W- like white privilege and things of that nature look, because he's not the only one that's in the, you know that's been in this type of situation where he's got a slap on the wrist right. for such heinous crimes, right?
0: A forty-three and, year old is a pedophile sleeping with a child, yeah. right? Um, and there has been come there's been some things that have shown up in our society that is proving us to be increasingly immoral. Um,
1: and it's a normalizing of immorality normalizing in society. That's going going devi- on as as of late. Hold
0: on a second. Normalizing deviant behavior, mm-hmm. right? Because as a social climate, sex with children is deviant behavior. It does not support a society that provides a good quality of life for all its members. Um, I can tell you, as a survivor of uh, uh incest or rape or um sexual crimes i'm here to tell you that's something that cat that you carry with you for the rest of your life you just have to then make peace with how you deal with those circumstances and how you identify yourself with those circumstances the statistics is three out of five three out of five women would experience sex sex crimes before 18 so that's a lot of women and then there are men like Brock Turner, <clears throat> that get the liberty of privilege, and dis- you know, the, a judge who is supposed to stand for, you know, justice. distributing justice mm-hmm. evenly, yeah. decided that, oh, he's not culpable. He couldn't possibly have understood his circumstances. He didn't know what was going on. He didn't. He didn't know that it wouldn't be okay to stick a bottle up someone's cooch. He had no idea. Mind you, he's at Stanford University. He's 22 years old. But he had no clue that it probably wouldn't be a really good idea to stick a, a bottle up someone's cooch. Really? Oh, and guess what? If we bring him up on the charges, that would have given him six months, which, you know, six months to this crime was like mm-hmm. a slap on the wrist, first of all, and a disgrace to that woman. Because, one... She was inundated. She could not even make reasonable decisions. She was not even conscious. Mm. I I'm, you know, when I read this this comparison, I was literally like blown to bits because it, it's it's really a sad miscarry of justice. Super. Um and this is the experience that these types of things and not that I'm saying that at 22 years old, he shouldn't have been able to receive some sort of circumstance that would support his rehabilitation because goofing off and doing things like this, he gets away with this. Brock Turner does this again. Brock Turner turns into a Trump that believes it's okay to walk up and grab women's crotches. Absolutely. See Brock Turner evolves into a Trump, right? Want, With that type of consciousness.
1: Right. And then we want to look at the the, the American landscape where we allowed it. Because you, you got all these people, these sexual offenders and, and sexual assault, um, you know, these crime committers that have been dropping off left and right. And yet and still, we ha- the, the American landscape has a president in place that has done all this stuff, still in a case that's open, and he's still president.
0: And that's interesting because yeah. I want to be like real with like people, the men of color. Like, have you ever been able to get a job with an open case? <laughs> Listen. Some brothers don't even want to go in a job interview. He didn't even get just an open case. A job. He got, he the,
1: got job. The, the job. <laughs>
0: job you can't be With an open serious.
1: case of rape.
0: Are you serious? And became the president.
1: The president. It was like open
0: rape case.
1: It wasn't like it just like came up. Oh, oh, we just discovered something new after January twenty first. No, this was while he was running.
0: So what this says to me is that the Brock Turners of the world, cut loose in society is like quite okay.
3: It's quite, and it's
0: and it's important for people who have had a white cultural experience to really be with what you have consented to.
1: Yeah, and the allowances that you have, what
0: you have, the silent approval. Right, because the truth about the truth is, I saw a meme recently said, don't get it twisted. It was 51% white women that voted for Trump. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's just talk about some real facts. Some real facts is that apparently white women are all right with Brock Turner sticking bottles up women's poo-poo. And Trump's running up to women and grabbing their crotches. See, you can't ride the fence. You can't straddle the fence when it comes to issues like that. Right. Because behaviors evolve. And if it's okay for a 22-year-old Brock Turner to walk away from a situation like this, it is almost a factual guarantee that unless something pivotal, critical in his life, encounters and really shifts his consciousness, he will in fact evolve into a Trump.
1: Mm-hmm. Facts. And do it again. And
0: do it again. And he's not the only one. And this behavior is actually normal in white cultures.
1: Right. And then that normalization goes into like, we got this guy, what was he running for Senate? Roy Moore or whatever. This whole pedophilia, so this guy's like out here straight up got um, this whole pedophilia thing going on. Yeah. And then the one, the normalizing pedophilia, calling pedosexual, like stop, like don't do that. That doesn't work. And then you, but not only that, but you have Trump endorsing this. And then you have people that are just like these voters that are like, thank you Jesus for Roy Moore We're voting for Roy Moore and all these signs and rallies in support of this man and essentially really normalizing and okaying and allowing and creating the space for such, like I said, deviant behavior to thrive. To thrive where children are now become, they, they are subject to being targets and having their voices completely like shut off. Well, thank you. Because Victoria. this is okay. I see
0: you out there, Victoria. I see you, brother Sean. Yes, Victoria. Um, she says, um, that's the, that's formula, the formula for America:
1: ingredients, racism, racism rape, rape culture, white, culture, white supremacy, supremacy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, goddamn et cetera. God damn,
0: cetera. And see, in drilling down, some of see these are local issues, right? Mm-hmm. These are local issues. This is not really systemic racism. Right. However, this is a local issue, and I really try to stay away from matching person to person right. because I try to make it a Bigger conversation so that we understand that as people from the local level, we do have impact on the broader level. Right. So on the local level, this is a conversation of Centuria Brown and Brock Turner. However, on the, the largest landscape is a judge that thought that charging this young woman who tried to save her own life. When everyone from birth till then had failed her to keep her safe. A 43-year-old man decided to prey on her innocence as a child and use her body. And the people who were selling this woman, this young child, also, like, not a part of the conversation. Okay? And then she becomes, with a very heavy hand, they gave this woman uh, 51 years in prison for shooting this 43-year-old man. For saying that it's not okay to put your hands and to sexually assault a child. And now we have this senator and all of these people rallying around him to say that pedo... What is it called?
1: It, I mean, we all know it as pedophilia, but now they're, calling, they're trying to normalize it, call it pedosexual, as is an, another <laughs> form... Ew. So, right. okay, yeah. so what are you Petasexual. trying to tell me? So like they're trying to normalize. You got heterosexual. You know, like as if like bisexual.
2: Bisexual, <laughs> like, heterosexual. Like. Like, it's like, thing. Thing. like it's a thing. Like, it's a thing. Like
1: it's okay. Yeah. Like this is just another form of, of how you. Of sexual energy. Of sexual energy. Exactly. pedosexual. Which is, Which
0: is a conversation Stop. for us to really understand hmm. who's involved with heterosexuality? White males, middle-aged white males. Yeah.
1: Because that's the what's coming that up. Control the
0: control the America. Yeah. Look, look, who, look the how guys many are of them are coming and, up. The guys who are in government, the guys who are in... I read a list of... Recently, there was a sting done in New Jersey, and they brought up 73 sexual offenders um, online, trapping them online in different areas. And you know who was on there? This camp counselor. <laughs> a, a, a police officer. Camp
1: counselor.
0: Uh a minister, a piano, a piano teacher, teachers, what? a IT tech. I, I have the list. It was ridiculous. Seventy-three men dragged up for sexual predator, predatory behavior online. It was a huge thing in New Jersey. New Jersey, right over the water Serbia. there, five minutes away. Seventy-three people. Um, And it's not going to be okay for, and these are people who have access to children, Hmm. okay? The swim teacher, the camp counselor, the after school person, the the police officer, the piano, the piano instructor. These are people who, IT professional, there was a laundry list of these men that are out here. So now what are we going to do with our children? Because I'm getting ready to tell you that I don't want my 14 year old here having sex with a 36 year old man. That's not all right with me. I'm just saying, like, is that all right? I mean,
4: like
1: that. I, I'm, here, I, I, I'm here to I,
0: say that I'm here to I'm here to say that people have this similar have similar goals. Like, I would think that we we want to keep our kids safe. We want to ha- we want to ensure a good future. Right. So, pedosexuality with 45 and 50 and 60 year old middle aged, middle American, upperly mobile white males having sex with 14, 15, 17 year old young children. Because even, in my opinion. 21 is still too young because you don't realize the decisions that you make when you are having sex at that age. You are not really culpable. Someone 36 years old has had access to three decades of experience in life plus to be able to make reasonable decisions and look at a landscape of experiences to create good decision-making. Mm-hmm. A 20-year-old that thinks that they're grown, who is likely, whose mind is malleable, Right, their minds are malleable. Senator
1: Shorty Shorty yeah. in
0: Oklahoma was caught in a motel room with a 17 year old male child after voting uh, as a Republican and making statements and votes aligned with that. crazy. I'm just saying this
1: is this is not going to be okay, guys.
0: <laughs> so this d- is not going to be okay. I,
1: like I highly doubt. Even though we weren't considering the Constitution, that's no—that's I digress for a moment. Okay. I highly doubt that Thanks, this was dear. in the mindset of land of the free. This is not like, I well, doubt listen, that this was part of the whole it was idea. A, it, Be actually, free.
0: Actually, it was a no. part of land of the Be free. You know why? Tough. Because all things are accessible to individuals who are in power. Mm. So when you're in power, there's no pleasure that's out of reach for you. you can, there's a psychology oh, of it. Okay. And hear this even through slave times, it's okay. This is why they gave this girl 51 years because how dare she reject being raped at 14 years old. Being raped and you having your body used as an instrument goes back to people of color in Amer- on American soil. It's a norm. And for you not to want to um, be a party to that is an issue. Right. So it is, it is instilled and see, and, and you know why we have to talk to people who've had a white culture experience because people who have had a white culture experience has written themselves into making rules. Right. And making legislation so that they can make space for things like this. And for those that don't want to be a part of this, then you need to be the difference. That's different exactly, because Brock Turner, his ass should go to jail period. And he should do three to five. Because if that was a black least, man standing up there, if that was a black man standing there, he'd have got 15 years for that crime. At I least. just want you to know that. It's very interesting that that justice in the hands of a person with a white culture experience against a person of color is a sense of disdain and discord that shows up. It's almost a natural, a natural response. It's a natural response. And oftentimes the benefit of the doubt is not provided for people of color. Right. And it is provided to people who've had a white culture experience, which is not okay in creating a world that's inclusive and spiritually connected. All right. Right. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So I think we. Don't, I think we've we've gone in on that
1: <laughs> quite yeah. a bit.
0: That's that. That one is like under my skin quite a bit. Like, yeah. really.
1: But it's really something to be within. Like, what type of like things are made as. Acceptable in this country, you know what I mean. On top of the social injustice and, and the, the the racism that's just constantly just this is the platform, as Victoria said, right, the platform the, of of the formula of this of this of this this nation. And it's very sad, and the, you know, it's, it's thank goodness that the veil is slowly getting lifted because there's still a lot to unpack around it, but.
2: And it keeps unlifting lifting when ha- we have conversations like this.
1: Yeah. And it's important to have these conversations constantly with everybody. You know, and not be afraid of what, what the outcome is. And the out- me- be, you should be excited for what the outcome is after this. But whether me- whether it's argument or what have you, at least you know you're having a conversation. You're getting to something and creating a difference in someone's mind in some way well, before you leave the space.
0: Yeah, we got to make the disclaimer that, you know, it. P- Particularly people of color in families of color, what happens with rape culture um, is that we love to sweep things under the rug, right
3: mm-hmm.
0: We love to pretend that it didn't happen, that uncle that grandpa is not a pervert, right um, and that's not okay right because what you've done is you turn your back on those young ladies, those nieces and 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 daughters and cousins. Um, and you've not actually demonstrated to them what it is to be loved, supported, lifted up in a way that's loving, caring, and equal. You didn't create equity from day one. You've made it. You've made it so that men are all right to get. Are the, it's all right for them to get away with these kinds of offenses, mm. which creates a standard that this behavior is okay. Right. And then when these same women grow up to get into relationships that are not good for them with men who are not good to them, then you want to know where this behavior comes from. Yeah.
1: It's social conditioning.
0: It's social conditioning. So at five, six, seven years old, when something occurred in the family and you guys just swept it under the rug because nobody wanted to call the cops, nobody wanted to shame the family, Grandpa, at 60, 70, 80 years old, is over here fiddling with the kids. He don't know what he's doing. Excuse me? Grandpa ass is going to jail. Period. <laughs> He's going to jail if he can make it to jail, because behind mines, he probably won't get to the jailhouse. They won't be nothing but a strap, a bag for them to carry his ass up out of here with. (laughs) Right. So we want to be clear the message that we send in our community, because we also support rape culture in our community. Mm -hmm. Charlemagne, the God gave himself donkey of the fucking day because his simple ass. Well, I'm sorry. (laughs) He was a simple ass. Currently, he's of the light. So, when you know better, you do better. There was a time when he didn't know better. And he said that, you know, something unbeknownst to myself, you know, all of those, (coughs) excuse me, those CD covers and those movie covers and those party covers, that was all splattered Mm. with women's butts. Right. Come out to the party because it's going to be women with big booties. Back in the day, that's all that was out there. Mm. Video chicks, all they wanted to do was pop their butts in a video. That's it. And it was okay. And women actually went out of their way to be that instrument. Right. They wanted to. They wanted to be that because men thought that was attractive, and they wanted to make themselves attractive to men. Yeah. And he said to himself, "Well, you know what? I actually was okay with that. Right. So now that he knows better, he's in a different space with it." Yeah. And that's all it takes. Yeah, is being in a different space with acknowledging your breakdown, and like being with a new experience with that.
1: Yeah, and that's what we were talking about last week. Being willing, being willing to be with your suffering and stuff like to like shout out to you know Shalomi for that like right. just being being willing to be with the conversation and being like wait hold up why is this what this is why why was I okay with this what led to this like how often are we gonna have like. It, it, it takes the willingness to be in a conversation with yourself around what has you accepting certain things. Accepting certain things is okay, knowing that they're not. Like It's like, why is it so bad now? Wait a minute. This was happening before. No one was speaking about it. That's right. No one was saying anything about it. Oh, that's why that was okay, because it was conditioned. It
0: was the standard to
1: be okay. That's why you think you look at things like with the whole Bill Cosby thing and all that type of stuff, and mm-hmm. and, and talking about you know in the seventies. Oh, that's just what people did. Yeah, but th- is that okay? You know what I mean? Like slavery, that's just what people did. You know, is like that okay? these, is that world. okay? Like no. you know what I mean? Like you want to look at these things? Certain these things were like you know, really be with what what was normalized as right in the treatment of other people. Especially with other people that are, are deemed as different than you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. A lot of that stuff was, you know, deemed as different. You know, the people that were deemed as different, let's treat them differently because you know, they don't look like me. So they 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 must be on the lower rung or what have you. That was okay. Well, they, they and wasn't... now we're in a space where we're realizing it, and the things of old look a little different. Mm-hmm. But we, but responsibility has this, gives us, it forces the opportunity to be with. How do we change history in that going forward?
0: We we get to be connected to everyone. Um, accordingly to the Constitution, it says that we are all um, afforded the ability for right, li- right, or light, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life, oh, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.
1: Everyone. That's what it is.
0: You know, I... I this is a heavy. De- this is a heavy conversation for me, guys. Um, but we're gonna go ahead and move on, and we're gonna move into our reading, guys. I hope you guys got your book, got a chance to look at
1: Soundbite's book. book Club. We've been talking yeah. about it, talking about it. What, whoop what? Whoop. <laughs> so yeah? So this month we talking about um Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow. So we're gonna, you know, we, we're, we're doing putting our best foot forward and in, in in dissecting and understanding the pieces of our history that um, hopefully has us in a conversation of where we get to change it and be, di- and be the difference that's different. You know how the prison industrial uh, system has affected or essentially has become a, just a different form of slavery. It's just the remix, you know, and how that affects you know the, the black communities. And in turn when you're affecting one community, you're affecting all. So how it affects the black community and, and how we see ourselves and how we operate with each other and in turn how we operate with the rest of the world and in turn how the rest of the world operates with us. So you know, until we have these conversations again, these readings, and and being with that, you know, change can't happen. We gotta be willing to be be the change. Victoria says we have to start holding people accountable and having combos like this. Do does just that. Great job. Thank you. Thank you, sister. Shout out to to Victoria. Um, you know she's she's out here doing amazing things. Her brother Victor, and in, 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 in support of um, justice for the brother uh, Delron Small, um, and all those lives that were lost in a similar manner, you know, due to police brutality, police negligence, police ego, and all these these, and how that gets, how the justice system supports that, um, that our our black men and women, uh, people of color, get to be gunned down and not see justice. Um, you know, in a, in a uh, what's supposed to be a just society, you know, it really hurts my heart. Um, you know, thinking about this type of stuff right now, like you know, yeah. what I mean? you know, you, when you really, you gotta be willing to delve deep into it. And a lot of people don't want to delve deep into these things because of how it shakes up the, you know, you don't want to be comfortable. But until we're uncomfortable, right, things won't change. That's right. You gotta be willing to be dis, you know, in discomfort to be like, I don't want to be uncomfortable anymore.
0: That's right.
1: So until you're willing to be with your discomfort, be, be comfortable with being destroyed. And yeah. that's just what's happening. So we're gonna look at this book. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. We're gonna look at uh, a little bit, just a little bit about, um, and this is just some like highlights. a little discussion. Yeah, a couple of little highlights and some of the being the different that's different. Mm-hmm. And, but we really wanna be able to drill down on how, All right. because a lot of us have conversations about these sorts of things but then we don't have like you know Michelle Alexander said we were trying to have these conversations but we needed the facts and the, to back it up. So now we have the facts and we have the actual chronological line that will show us how this created. So she starts with the birth of the caste system. Um and she speaks about which I I, I found an interesting point um that we're not clear that there's a caste system today because of Oprah and Obama. So Um, And she literally talks about the fact that throughout history, there's always been exceptional black folks. Mm. There's always been particular black people that got the pass, right, that they let in the space. Remember Frederick Douglass guys? Right? Like, there's always been a number of black faces that were always somewhat in white faces. You know why? Because um, it's it's, it's gathering intel. (laughs) You know, if you're smart, you need to gather intel. Right. You need to be you need to be you need to have someone who's who's able to go into black spaces and come into white spaces and be able to translate those things.
1: Yeah, that's important.
0: Um, and that's just the way to go, because you have to make because that's the strategy of war, guys. Hmm. That's a war tactic. So individuals who wanted to maintain control needed to have some some circumstance that would give them a direct line into what was happening in, the, in communities of color. And we also had individuals that because of their own interest with their own seat, because everybody is not going to be an Oprah and everybody is not going to be a Barack Obama. Everybody is not going to gain that access. But what it did for people of color is it gave them some sort of H.O.P. hope. Um, And Mm. I always refer to a line from the Matrix. Mm. A hope is uh, quintessentially the source of your greatest strength and your greatest weakness.
3: Mm. Yeah.
0: (coughs) The source of your greatest strength and your greatest weakness. Because of hope as a strength, it keeps you driven. But hope as a weakness, it clouds you an illusion.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: Right? So, um, just quickly. So she talks about um, the birth of the caste system. Um, and then she starts with slavery. How did they come to slavery? After they went through the American Indian, um, and they discovered that the American Indian was going to make himself elusive because he knew the landscape, and he knew how to get away. So they decided to import, and, and she basically says, American Indians have, grow, have a growing impediment to white European progress. Um, and during that, this period, the image of American Indians promoted in books, and newspapers, and magazines was extremely negative. The same, um, because the first thing that has to happen in a consciousness is you're dealing with people. And you're dealing with people's minds and how they process and how they relate to information. So in order for you to decide that you're going to force human beings into servitude or into captivity, you have to have everyone get on board with creating the system that would support that. So that system was, which still works to this day, is dehumanizing that particular designated suffering. At that point, it was the indigenous. And then they decided that... um, European immigrants uh, were poor candidates for slavery uh, because of their race, but rather because they were in short supply. There weren't enough of them to do the work that they needed to be done. Business. Um, business. Now we're talking about business. Okay, so right now we're looking for the best. Pro- we're looking for the best uh, possible worker. We're looking for least amount of overhead, and we're we're trying to create a space that um, allows us to get the maximum bang for the buck. Right, So right now we're going through some series of deductive reasoning in application, in real life. So the line of deductive reasoning, so we looked at the American Indian, we looked at the, the white folks that, that were you know, rejected, that were prisoners, but there aren't enough of them. And now who else do we have here? Okay, so then they created, um, they started to import Africans from Africa. Along that time, there was, uh, uh, I'm going to read a little excerpt for you, Bacon's Rebellion. Okay, because now we need to understand how did the, the caste system occur. So we want to know the the line, right? So according to this, this was a pivotal this was a pivotal event in the course of deductive reasoning. So varying accounts of Bacon's rebellion abound, but the basic facts are these: um, Bacon's developed a plan in 1675 to seize Native American lands in order to acquire more property for himself and others, and nullify the treaty. Uh, The threat of, excuse me, the threat of Indian raids. When the planter elite in Virginia refused to provide militia support for his scheme, Bacon retaliated leading an attack on the elite, their homes, and their properties. He openly condemned the rich for their oppression and uh, oppression of the poor and inspired an alliance of white and black bond laborers as well as slaves who demanded an end to their servitude. The attempted revolution was ended uh, by force and false promises of amnesty. A number of the people who participated in the revolt were hanged. The event in Jamestown was, an alarm, was alarming to the planters who were deeply fearful of the interracial ally, alliance of bond workers and slaves. Now check this out. Fearful that such measures might not be sufficient to protect their interests, the planter's class took an additional precaution precautionary step, a step that would later become known as a racial bribe. Racial bribe. Deliberately and strategically, the planter class extended special privileges to white poor in an effort to drive the wedge between them and the black slave. White settlers were allowed greater access to Native American lands. White servants were allowed to police slaves through slave patrols and militias. And barriers were created so that free labor would not be placed in competition with slave labor. Mm-hmm. These measures effectively eliminated the risk of failure, failed future alliances between black slaves and poor whites. Poor whites suddenly made a direct and personal st- had a personal stake. Hear this. Poor whites, who are poor whites today? Poor whites are middle American whites that have access to certain circumstances like um, incomes of a million dollars per year. In our society, middle American whites, those would be considered, that's, those are not the elite. Anyone making 250 to a million dollars are considered middle America. In New York, let's just say that. Okay, so poor whites of today, right, suddenly had a direct personal stake in the existence of a race-based system of slavery. Mm. Uh, their own plight had not improved by much, but at least they were not slaves.
3: Mm.
0: Once the planetary elite split the labor force, poor whites responded to the logic of their situation and sought ways to expand their, racial, their racially privileged situation. So, when I talk about, when I'm often asking you guys, who stands to benefit? Mm-hmm. Who stands to benefit? And this is why we talk to the people, but we try to look at it from local level, but as more on a, on a, on a, on a uh, macro level.
4: Yeah.
0: Why? Because people are in the spaces. And once you understand that this was a play, this was a play. Mm. Did you hear what he said? They 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 said that this circumstance would not be enough to support solidifying their plans. So what they did was they wanted to draw a permanent wedge between black poor, poor black, poor white and slave laborers. To ensure that they would never create an alliance again, because that's where the power is. Right. Because you have whites who have two hundred and fifty to a million dollar access to American landscape. And then you have a huge landscape of people that, due to their circumstances, have evolved in such ways that gives them extreme talents. Right? A lot of talents around how they're able to sustain themselves. Right. Um, and that that's that's just you know, and and then they have another section. She has another section: the death of slavery um, when they came in with uh, Reconstruction. And we want to understand that Reconstruction, uh, the backlash against the gains of African-Americans in Reconstruction era was swift and severe. As African-Americans obtained political power and began the long march towards getting greater social and economic equality, whites reacted with panic and outrage. Southern conservatives vowed to reverse Reconstruction and sought to abolish the Freedman's Bureau and, um, And all political instrumentalities designed to secure Negro supremacy. Their campaign to redeem the South was reinforced by the resurgence of the Ku Klux Klan, which fought a terrorist campaign against Reconstruction governments and local leaderships, complete with bombings, lynchings, and mob violence. So, for people who oftentimes talk about the bootstrap theory, yeah. See, this is the answer to the bootstrap theory. Wear the boots. Where the boots? Because these, see, and if you understand history and you understand landscapes of build up, like, because, you know, you tell a story, you tell a story from here, from the ground, and then you just kind of build yourself up, and then you kind of climax, and then you kind of start, right? So this is how you're telling the story. So as people of color coming out of slavery, and there were four million freed slaves, most of them could not read nor write because it was illegal to read and write as a slave. However, Reconstruction gave them some access because allegedly they abolished slavery, except through... Prison. Mm. Right. Just another way so, to do except it. there's the always remix. a back door set up there. That's a remix. So when we're gonna talk about the remix, the development of the new caste system, which is mm-hmm. prison labor. Okay, so then they went into reconstruction. Black folks were establishing black wall streets. There were a hundred Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahomas around the country. Tulsa, Oklahoma, they talk about it a lot, it was only one. There was over a hundred little cities like Black, Wall Street, Tulsa, Oklahoma, all over this country. And when I'm talking about the buildup, so if right out of slavery you go into Reconstruction, you have sharecropping, you're building up your own, and see, because of the Jim Crow, you know, you had to do business with one another. You couldn't do business with white folks, right? So you were building up your community based on a necessity, you get this? So you were sharing your economic value amongst one another. Mm. And then white folks were pissed off and jealous about this mobility of these people that didn't have nothing. And suddenly they were able to be ingenuitive and inventive and innovative to create a way for themselves mm. outside of nothing.
1: You're like, No, I don't like that.
0: Because these white folks, these white clans, because, you know, Bacon's Rebellion split us now. White folks didn't really build the skill because they were the policers. So the workers actually built up the skill based on their tangible access to the work. Experience is the best teacher. Mm,
3: Always.
0: So they're the ones that built up the skills and had the craft. So they were able to remix that and use it for their own benefit and serve each other and create these little small communities of color all over the country. And like they said, mobs, lynchings, burnings, bombings, you name it. Um and as you're building up as a culture of people as your community is expanding as generation after generation if you laid a foundation in 1865 when reconstruction began mm. and then here you got 1900, 1915, 1920 if you keep that same momentum you start to build strength in your community 1920 you have the stock market crash they went into a depression this is a social landscape the social landscape is America had gone into a bit of a tank 1920s so that was affecting the larger demographic however always pockets of color gonna always survive because they always at that point they were still closely knit because we're still dealing with Jim Crow we're still dealing with separation we're still dealing with generations of people that believe that black folks need to be over there and we're gonna be over here even if there wasn't factually still Jim Crow governmentally just still Jim Crow right you can jump in yeah I just found it to be like incredibly shocking because this is the reflection what people talk about the bootstrap theory, so how are you gonna strap your boots up if you have nothing to lean on right if you have nothing to stand on
1: right I mean every turn I mean, there's you know there's history up to since then I mean yeah since then it's created a way for kind of like that that curve of it. it's like oh well, we're gonna we're gonna progress in this way, nope. We don't like that idea. Let's just change it around. Okay, all right. Well, fine. Okay, cool. Then all right, we're going to go in this angle then. how did this angle of progression. How about this? You know, we got we're going to support ourselves, Black Panthers, things like that. No, we're going to we don't like that. We're going to infiltrate that and, you know, fuck that up. Tear that out. Tear that out. Right so quick. you never really build up this the no, communal mental. Right, no sense of, of of the uprising. So at every single turn when you got throughout history these these methods where we tried to make our own where you're in this this fast of trying to make your own in every single turn and being shut down, then you got what, we, what we've been led to believe and perceive as some type of progression where you know there's more jobs and things of that nature quote unquote, then it's like okay, well, I guess we can't fight we can't beat them might as well join them you know and then and then that's what it has this, this submissiveness in in the space of like um thinking that well, we can't get any further, we might as will just get what what's being given to us piecemeal piecemeal exactly yeah.
0: piecemeal um and it it has a lot to do with how we f- we we connect with. Um, our place in the world mm. you know at this point it's gotten to the mm. point where it's hard to 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 build up any any strong foundation right right so if there's no strong foundation and now you're at such a vulnerable place because now if there's any influx in the work in the labor force guess who gets to axe first guess who has to get the reset button the reset right. if you keep hitting the reset button then you never build up any momentum exactly that means you never get up here and up, and up here, and up here, and up here, and up here to come to the top. Right. So there's something, and then there's something that's always scrambling us. And then you have people like affluent people of color who believe that, oh, we're doing good, but we're not really doing good because we're not really working on a collective mobility. Right. One or two of us is okay, but collectively, we're still struggling as a community. And it's important that everyone, people who have had a black culture experience and white people who have had a white culture experience, to understand that when you're dealing with one-on-one, you need to be the difference that's different. Yeah. That's it. You just need to be the difference that's different. Take this information and put an application. We're going to continue going into our next chapter, New Jim Crow, next week with a discussion. Build out, fortify yourself, join the... Con- I'm sorry, we'll, we won't be here next week. We'll be here the week after.
4: Yeah.
0: The following Saturday. Next yeah. Saturday we'll be out. Um, but the following Saturday we'll be back. Yeah. So hear this, folks. Continue to read the book. Yeah. Continue to expand. Join the conversation. Share with a friend.
1: Also, be follow us on SoundBites International on Facebook. We'll be sharing the discussion is still ongoing, whether we're on the air or not. And you know, be be with us in this conversation, so we can be with you in this conversation of growth. So you know, we we'll be sharing content as we see fit on the page. Like us, follow us. Soundbites International on Facebook. Soundbites Radio on Instagram. Um, and, and and yeah, join the discussion. You know, just the way we're gonna progress is joining the discussion, y'all. There two you to go. F- two to four p.m. every you know every uh, every Saturday. We in here. We in so, here, you know, hey. sound like so you know we, we 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 cover the topics, we cover the good news, we cover the stuff that's a little, you know, a little funky. Um, it is what but this is that's what it is. You know, this, it is what that's, it the, is. that's it's in our space. Exactly. I would not talk like to it. have to
0: talk about it. If it wasn't if it wasn't in our space, we wouldn't Absolutely. be talking
1: about it. Absolutely. So that's
0: the goal and for it not to be in our space so that we don't right. have to discuss it. So in order for it to get out of our space, we must discuss
1: it. We have exactly so always, we clear the space. So with that, thank you for receiving from us. Absolutely.
0: May the ancestors be with you, keep you, guide you, protect you, and light your path. And we're going to give it over to
1: yeah, Z- DJ Zelo Ray, Ray. As, as always, Yo, hey. we're going to close out the show with the vibes. Um, so we're going to uplift and elevate y'all every week. Soundbites Radio. One yes. love. DJ Zelo Ray, where, where can they find up? you? dot com.
2: Yes, yeah, dot com At Zillow Ray, X-I-L-O-R-E-Y. On Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Also, I'm launching my EP and I'm launching an Indiegogo campaign yeah, this yeah. Tuesday, December 12th. December so 12th. keep a lookout for the link. And yeah, thank you for having me, guys. And it's always a great time. Let's kick it off. Yeah.
1: yeah. Take a <laughs>
4: But I, know, I don't love you. I have so many. In- You